All right, all right. Does everybody have sermon notes? Wave at the ushers and they'll bring you sermon notes. You need to get these sermon notes today. And uh, I'm, I'm believing God that God will send you on a journey today. Everybody ready? Anybody like to travel? Anybody like to go on vacation? Come on. God wants you on vacation every day. What? Yep. He wants you walking with him every day. And every day with him is sweeter than the day before. If it's not, then we've lost our focus. Come on. Our eyes aren't on Jesus. They're on problems. And so we're going to talk about Pentecost Sunday. This is the day the church was launched. And uh, some of y'all are going already. He's going to talk about the Holy Spirit. You know he's been misrepresented. You know he's been abused. You know he's not even been recognized in some churches. But without the Holy Spirit, you can't get saved. Without the Holy Spirit, you're doing it. You might as well join the Lions Club or the Moose Lodge or whatever. But we have to have the Holy Spirit. He's been sent. Jesus said, I'm going to send you somebody just like me. See this podium right here? It's a pretty cool podium. And this, you know, I, we got another one in the back just like it. And we're, this one's going away, and we're going to bring another one in just like it. That's what Jesus said. I have to go to the Father, but I'm sending you somebody just like me. And it's so much better having the Holy Spirit than Jesus. I wish I had Jesus in the flesh, but I would want him all to myself. But he's not a person that he wants to be all to me. He wants to be to everybody, so he sent the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus was on the earth and you went to see him, you can see him in 2024 on March the 3rd. Well, I need him today. Call upon the Lord. He said, I never leave you nor forsake you. He never leaves us because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. Amen? Amen? And so people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. They call it just emotional. They call it this and that. But it's the power of God that was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Pente means five. Pentagram is 50 days. You know, it's nothing to be scared of Pentecost. You need to, you need to learn about the Holy Spirit. And the Bible teaches us to let everything be established by two or more witnesses. Man, I got some witnesses today. And I'm going to show you some things why you need the Holy Spirit, but, but I'm, just gonna, I'm leaving God to set you on a journey to seek Him. And you know what? If you read, the, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they were refilled, and then they were refilled, and then they so refilled, one time the whole building shook. Well, that wasn't emotionalism, was it? No. But, you know, has anybody ever saw the, you know, the dog commercial where, you know, they're advertising, trying to get you to send some money in, and the dog shaking, and this, and that, and the other, and you shed a tear, you know, uh, that's emotionalism. But you know what? The, the love of God will consume you so much that you can become emotional, overwhelmed with the emotion, with the love of God. One, one D.L. Moody described it like liquid love consumed him, and that he couldn't hardly, couldn't hardly quit crying. And he became so anointed, he would take tours through factories and people would fall on their knees and give their heart to Jesus just because he walked through the building. Isn't that amazing? And so let's, talk, let's look at the Holy Spirit and uh, let me tell you a story right quick. There was a pastor preaching on the Holy Spirit and they had an a, a attic in their church and there was a hole. And so 
He said, and the Holy Spirit came down, and he told this little boy, put him up in the attic, and he says, when I say the Holy Spirit came down, you drop the dove. Drop it down into the room, and it's going to fly around and be good. You know, I use boxes and different things and all the time. And so he said, and the Holy Spirit came down, and the little boy didn't drop the dove. And he said, I said, and the Holy Spirit came down, and the little boy didn't drop the dove. And he said, the Holy Spirit came down. And the little boy goes, Pastor, the cat ate the Holy Spirit. Do you want me to throw the cat down? <laughs> and so, so let's look at our foundation scripture. You know, the, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said he'll be our helper. He'll be our comforter. He'll be our counselor. He'll be our intercessor. He'll be our standby, our advocate, and strengthener. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus is talking uh, to the disciples, and this was before he ascended. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem and be endued with power from on high. I need that power. Without that power, I, I fall, I fail. We need the power of God. And you know, you've seen uh, crazy things maybe in church if you grew up in Pentecostal churches, but maybe you grew up in a Baptist church or a Presbyterian church or a laid-back church, you still need the power. We need the power to, to live this life, this Christian life. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about receiving this promise and receiving the promise of the Father. It's promised, but we have to receive it. We have to set our heart to receive. And so we're going to establish some things and first, I'm going to start off about three baptisms I want you to look at. Did you know there's three baptisms in the Bible? I just thought we was just dunking people in water and letting them up, maybe holding some down a little longer so they repent. No, but there are more than one baptism. It's more than just being baptized in water. And so, number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. How many of you know that? In 1 Corinthians 12, 13. It says, for by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. How many of you know when you get saved, you get into the body of Christ? He's the head and we're all in the body. And, and you know, and, and don't say that you're the little toe in the body of Christ. You're not significant. That's a lie. We always downgrade. Well, I'm not important. No, you're in the body of Christ. You're important. And even if you are the little toe, let me take a hammer to your little toe and I'll show you how important it is. You won't be able to walk. You are important to the body of Christ. Every person is important. And when you accept Jesus Christ, when you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, and you believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You confess it with your mouth, and then the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. You know, I walked the aisle. Uh, or, or I, when I was in vacation Bible school, I accepted Jesus eight or nine years old, fourth grade. And uh, I, I told my mom, I said, I, I accepted Jesus. And so she called the pastor. He came. He led me in the, I can take you to the place. And he, you know, and, and he led me to the Lord. And, and I got born again. I told my friends. And, you know, I, I knew I was saved. But you know what? As I became a teenager, stupid things began to happen. I know I'm the only one. Y'all was angels, you know. Polish your, polish your halo a little bit. And, uh, but you know what? That's how you get saved by the prayer of faith and confessing Jesus as Lord. And so 
So here we go. So let's go to number two right quick. Disciples baptize us in water. It didn't say preachers. It, you know, mom and dad can baptize your, you can baptize your children. And I, I love that. I don't have to be the one to baptize everybody. And so disciples baptize us in water. Baptism means to immerse, to go under. Guess what? You've been immersed into the body of Christ. You are fully in the body of Christ, Christian. You're a child of God, but you're in the family. You're in the body of Christ. Say, that's good. Say, that's good for me. You know, we need to remind ourselves. And so let's look at the scripture. Matthew 28, 19, it says, go therefore and make disciples. And teaching them. The New King James says, Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're buried with Christ in baptism and raised to a new life. How I many ever heard the, the scripture says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation? Amen. Old things have passed away. Doesn't mean that you, you, you don't have to look different, but on the inside, your spirit man's new. Amen? You're, you're a child of God. So it's the symbolic grace of. Uh, work of grace. When you get baptized, the old man's dead. You're raised to newness of life. All right, all right. Number three. Jesus baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought that was number one. No, the Holy Spirit is the one who drew you. See, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about the message that I heard when I got saved. You need to get saved. The Holy Spirit said, "Get saved." Get saved, receive Jesus, receive Jesus, receive Jesus. And I'm like, I need to receive Jesus. And I receive Jesus. But number three is Jesus in turn baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. Have you ever read that scripture? Well, it's in, it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so let, let's look. In Matthew 3, 11, I indeed baptize you in... Uh, unto the water. This is John the Baptist talking. He goes, I baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Passion. Consuming passion. Fired up about it. Man, I love Jesus. And the power of God's on the inside of me. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. To be witnesses. Listen, it didn't say you shall receive power after you know a bunch of scripture. It didn't say you shall receive power after you become the smartest in the room. It says you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. To be a witness. How many of you ever heard there's more, there's more uh, talk? Are more caught than taught. How I many you know if you live it, living it is better than saying it? Because I can't hear what you're saying if you're not living right. I, I don't want to hear a drunk man preach, me to the, preach the gospel to me. I have had that happen. Makes you sick to your stomach. Go home, work on yourself before you start telling me about Jesus, dude. Come on. And so my, my point is we need this power to live this life, and it draws people the power in us, like, I want that. I want what they have. Look at the joy that they have. Look at the life that they live. I want that life. I want that peace. I want that joy. I want that love. I need that power. 
I need that life-changing power. And that's what drew me to start studying this out, to seeking God. And so as we look, it's recorded in every gospel. And I know they got it. Mark 1, 8, it's up there. We'll read it. We'll read it right quick. Indeed, you, um, he says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Notice it's different. He, Jesus. Luke 3, 15. I'm sorry, 16. And John answered, saying to all, indeed, I baptize you with water, but one mightier in me is, is coming. Woo, whose sandals I'm not worthy to even loose. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize Jesus. And then the last is John 1.33. Now, I want to say something right quick. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know what else? The other three things that they really talk about, Jesus, Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and the fourth thing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so that, that's taught throughout Matthew. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about, they talk about Jesus' birth, and then they go to his last year on the earth. And it's a full book, and they're just talking about the last year. And in John, and when he's 80-something, he goes, you know what? The Spirit of God gets on him. He goes, you need to write a little bit more about Jesus. In his 80s, been a while, and he sits down, and he starts talking about it. He didn't go to, into detail about his birth, but he told several stories that weren't in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Like Lazarus being raised from the dead, woman at the well, all these things. But he talks about the death burial. And he talks about in 14, 15, 16, the last three or four hours Jesus talked to them. Phenomenal book. Phenomenal. They're all great. But man, John just goes into details some stuff Jesus said. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's coming. And he'll show you things to come. Now, now so, so I want to look in John 1, and let's read it. And I knew him not. But he that sent me baptized me with water. You know, John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins, and it struck me they didn't know him. You know what? Because Jesus had went off and, and lived in a separate area. And, and then John separated himself and went fasting and praying in the wilderness. And he said, but he sent me to baptize with water and said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Jesus was the last prophet of the Old Testament. I know he's the Savior of the world, but he walked as the last prophet of the Old Testament. He fulfilled the Old Testament and brought in the new. You with me? And so the only people that had the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament were the prophets, the priests, and the kings. The, The king had the anointing of God to lead people. The priest had the anointing of God to go into the temple The prophets heard from God, and they spoke the word. Some were called seers. They saw the future. They saw the thing. Can we go to battle? Will we win? Do not go to battle. The Lord said, do not go to battle. Or the Lord said, go to battle. And you ask the prophet those kind of questions. And that's the prophet, priest, and king. And you go, well, they're special. Well, guess what? You child of God, you're special because you're a prophet, and you're a priest and a king today. Jesus is the king of kings, and you're the king that he's king of. Hey, hey, hey. You're the priest of your house, and you're the prophet of your house. 
You need to be the prophet of your life, and you need to be the priest of your life, and you need, so you have the ability to have the anointing of God. Rest on you every day. It's not just for preachers. It's just not for apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. It's for every person to have this anointing, this power of God. Now, why, why am I going on and on about this? Because there's a lot of taught. It was just for the apostles. It was just for the 120. No. Man, there's so much. Uh, you, you can't go to heaven unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. Eh. No, you need to believe in Jesus and accept him as Lord and Savior. I'm just showing you there's a third baptism that you need to start seeking out, that you need to start that, that God needs to reveal to you and show you some things. It's the power of God that you need in your life. You know, there's some things that need to be broken off of us. Hurts, pains, drugs, addiction, mental illnesses. This is the place you need to be. Healings, whatever. But guess what? We as believers, we need the power of God. This, this has been said that we're a hospital. Church is supposed to be a hospital for the broken to come to get healed. Can't get healed without any power. Just, 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 come on. We need some power. I'm going to lay this out as best as I can so you have understanding to give you a foundation. Because if you were like me growing up, you were taught, there's no the Holy Spirit's not for you. You got it. But I'm like, wait a minute. I started seeing people with things. I started seeing people with joy that I didn't have and power I didn't have. And to see people pray for people. Man, they found out. Uh, denominal people have gone to the mission fields and found out they need the power of the Holy Spirit because they're dealing with demons, they're dealing with, with, with uh, sicknesses, they're dealing with things, and they pray for people and people get delivered. And, and matter of fact, the Baptist denomination, they, they called, their headquarters said, we're, we're getting filled with the Holy Spirit. We need this because we're in Africa. In America, y'all civilized, and when somebody starts manifesting a demon hearing voices, they medicate them. We do. They don't have medicine in Africa. People, you know, do crazy things. And you need the power of God. Say, I need the power of God. So, so let everything be established in two or more witnesses, and I have got a boatload full. But I, I want to show you uh, one thing about when G he said that the Holy Spirit comes and remains on Jesus. Even in the Old Testament, it never remained. When David sinned, his cry was, take not thy spirit away from me. I repent, Lord, because the Holy Spirit lifted. You know, the Holy Spirit came on Elijah, and, and he did exploits. Elisha did 10 times. One of them girded up the loins and ran in front of the horses and the chariots for miles. They just didn't go from here to that corner. They ran for miles. That's about, uh, you know, uh, we think of Samson, we think of Hercules, you know, a big muscled up guy. No, Samson was just a normal dude. You, you anybody ever try to catch a fox? He caught several. He picked up the gate to the city and walked off with it. Come on. That's the anointing of God. It came upon David's mighty men. It came upon David when he killed Goliath. God helped him. So, this, this, so Jesus is our example always. Are you with me? Jesus. Jesus didn't need to get saved. Let me say that. He's the Savior. But he's our example, and to prove to be our example, he came and lived a perfect life. He, he, he proved that we needed a Savior, and he went to John and was baptized. 
How many know that Jesus commanded us to be baptized? And then the Holy Spirit came on him and anointed him. Now, I know there are some books and some people tell tales and, and things, but Jesus did not start doing any miracles until the Holy Spirit came on him and remained. At 30 years old, he, only, he did all these miracles in three years. Now, he didn't have any hindrances like we do in our flesh. You know, I know I'm not the only one that's ever looked at somebody and said, you know, Lord, just let me slap them real quick and nobody know but me and you and them. But Jesus didn't have those thoughts. That's my flesh. And, and I have to deal with my flesh and put it down. But my flesh will hinder the Spirit of God flowing through me. My flesh, because I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? That's my flesh and my mind's running away. And Jesus didn't have that issue because he was perfect and he could hear the voice of the Holy Spirit like nobody's business. He could hear it clearly. He was led to everything he do. He said, I don't say anything unless the Father tells me to say it. I don't do anything except the Father tells me to do it. So he's separating himself and listening. Father, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? I've met people, I've, I've seen or heard of people and watched them do that. They would get up, the Lord would wake them up at four in the morning and tell them what they're going to do today. Yeah. And all they did was that. And God took care of them food-wise and where they lived, and they went and they preached. He'd walk 20 miles to go preach in a village. They followed the guy with a camera one time. It's amazing stuff. Not everybody's called to do that, but Jesus did that. Hmm? And so we need to follow Jesus, amen? So we need, to be, we need to be like him, and we need to be perfect. That's a heavy load, Pastor. How in the world am I supposed to be perfect? I'm not perfect. You're not perfect in performance, but we're perfect in position. Who we are in Jesus, we become perfect in the eyes of God. You see, when God looks at me, he knows that I miss it. He knows, but he looks at me through the blood of Jesus, and he says he's perfect. Come on. It doesn't give me a, 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 a right to do anything I want to do because of that grace. It makes me want to stir up and be right for God. I want to walk in righteousness. And I need the power of God, the Holy Spirit, to help me walk in this righteousness. I can't do it by myself. You're not married to me. You think, well, he looks pretty good up there now, but go ask my wife. Man, and my kids. I, I've repented to my kids as much as I have to God. That's why my relationship with them is real good. Because I repent to them. Forgive me. I missed it. I whipped you and I was mad because you did wrong, but I was mad when I did it. And that, you know what? They're not warped. This cause you spank them. I didn't beat them. I spanked them. It's a difference. Yeah. So hear me. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the help of God. But our position in Jesus, when we get our eyes, we're perfect because it's the blood of Jesus. Doesn't that set you free? Man, it's not performance based on my performance. I want to do good. I'm walking to do good the best of my ability. And if I miss it, oh, Father, forgive me. Let me get back close to you. Run back. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve in the garden, they hid. And this is their hiding behind this, like God can't see. 
So he played along. Where y'all at? Where y'all at? You know, it's like playing with a two-year-old. They're like this. I'm hiding. Come on. You can't hide from God. And if God was going to get you, you'd already been got. Come on. He's not in the getting business. He's in the saving business. Glory be to God. So, so when Jesus baptized the Holy Spirit, so let's, let's put salvation, water, and spirit up here. There it is. They got it. Salvation, water, and the Holy Spirit. These are three examples I want to show you in the Bible. You need to be saved. You need to be baptized. You need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Are y'all ready for this little journey? All right, all right. In Acts 1, 4 through 5, this is the last words of Jesus before he ascended up into heaven. My grandsons, they love to be Superman, Batman. You know what? That all comes from Jesus. Because when he said this, he ascended up. He flew. And the Bible says we're going to be like him. I told y'all, being a Christian's fun. Y'all just aren't looking far enough. So it says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay? Jesus is saying this. Now, I often thought, you know, there was 500 he was talking to or taught, and there was only 120 in the upper room. And I thought, man, in those 50 days, those, those, those people felt, they fell away. But then I read that Jesus was with them 40 days after the resurrection. So it was only 10 days. That's even worse. Only 10 days they had to wait for this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 10 days. And so they go to Jerusalem. They get in this upper room, and, 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 and they're praying, and they're seeking God, and they're trying to uh, get somebody to fill Judas's spot. They think they need to do that, but I believe Paul was the one that filled Judas's spot. But uh, anyway, they're in the upper room in Acts 2-4, and the Spirit of God poured out. It's like a sound of a, mushing, a, a rushing mighty wind. You know? It filled the room. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you got to imagine, they're in this upper room. They're really hiding. Because, you know, Jesus is gone. There have been 10 days without him. Like, I don't know. But then the power of God came into that room. They walked out in the street. And the tongues that they were speaking was a sign for the unbelievers because they were speaking people's languages. And we're not even going to talk about tongues today because, you know, I, I don't want to scare you. But let me tell you something. Don't be afraid of the Word of God. And 1 Corinthians 14 is a whole chapter on speaking in tongues. If it was done away with, why is there a whole chapter on speaking in tongues? Have you ever thought about that? A whole chapter. There's a personal tongue and then there's a public tongue for signs. And they went out and said, who are these Galileans speaking our language? Speaking Greek and speaking whatever, uh, 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 Italian or different dialects from different countries. And Peter, who denied Christ three times, stood up and preached and proclaimed Jesus. You know, people, there's some people that just are so off that they hate the Jews because they crucified Jesus. Well, first of all, Jesus was a Jew too. And most of them right here get saved because Peter's preaching to them. You're the one who crucified him. Come on, give your heart to him. He's still the, he's still the Lord and Savior. He's still the Christ. And they go, what must we do? 
And so that's what we're going to read uh, in Acts 1, 37 through 39. And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus. Repentance. It's, it's changing your mind and accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that his way is better. It's getting saved. And be baptized. He said, and be baptized. And your sins will be forgiven. And receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Somebody let the secret out. It's my birthday this past week. And people want to give me gifts. Well, this is the greatest gift that was ever given. The gift of the Holy Spirit. It was poured out. It started the church. It's why we have church. It started, it started, it's, it's why we have salvation. And, and, and so somebody preached the word of God and stirred your heart. And this, this is given to you. It's free. You know, if, if I was going to give you my truck, some people say, well, I, I don't know. And tongues is not everything there is. And some people teach tongues. Is, you know, if you don't have it, you don't. Nah. Man, it's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a he. It's not it. He. And, and you want everything from the Holy Spirit. If I was to give, uh, give her my truck, and she's so excited, I'm going to get the truck. And all I do is give her the tire. What am I supposed to What? What? You want the whole truck. Radio, air conditioning, heat, and all. Windows working up and down. You want the whole truck. You want the whole Holy Spirit. You want everything the Holy Spirit has to offer. You want every gift. You want, you want Him to speak to you. You want Him to live inside of you. Big. Amen? Amen. And so that's our heart's cry today is you to desire to walk with the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you some things, but look at the three baptisms in this and says, says, repent, be baptized. And then it says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. One, two, three. That's water. That's salvation, water, and the Spirit. Well, but pastor, wasn't that done away with? Well, let's look at the next verse. Verse 39. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That's us. We were far off. We were far off. Peter actually quoted, Joel said, said, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Come on, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives you God dreams. Man, anybody, you know, I used to pray. My, my middle daughter used to say, I, you know, I, I, it's bedtime. I'm praying over them, and I skipped some of the stuff in the prayer. You didn't say Holy Ghost dreams. You didn't say good dreams. Come back in here, and let's do it, and I'd start over. You know, she's like seven, eight. I need good dreams because she couldn't stand bad dreams. You know, I hate bad dreams too. But we need good dreams, God dreams, dreams that reassure us, dreams that show us things to come. God gives dreams. Come on, you know, and we want good dreams, and God's dreams give you peace. Amen. Even if they show you ugly things that come and you got peace about it because you know, whoo, I know what's going to happen. Come on, God can speak to us and lead us and guide us, and most of the time we argue with ourselves because we think it's us talking. But once you start arguing with yourself, it's, probably, it's not you. It's God trying to get you to do something. Now, the devil, you need to be arguing with him, too. Because he'll try to get you to do something. Y'all got quiet on that. Sorry about that. So, repent, be baptized, receive the gift. Acts 8, 12 through 17. 
The church started getting uh, abused by uh, Jewish culture, politicians, different ones. Herod killed uh, John, one of the disciples. And so Philip says, you know what? Uh, I'm going to Samaria. I'm going to go preach the gospel. I feel like I'm called. He started off as a, a helper in the church, a deacon. He was serving people, uh, helping people out, praying for people. And he goes, you know what? I feel called. I need to go to Samaria. So, so he goes down to Samaria, and he preaches the gospel, and, and, and he's preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. Look at this verse. And the name of Jesus... And so Simon believed and was baptized. We went too quick. Go back real quick to verse 12. And the name of Jesus, both men and women were baptized. So people got saved and they got baptized. And now next verse, Simon the sorcerer believed and he got saved and baptized and continued with Philip and was amazed at the miracles and the signs that were done. Philip did signs and wonders. Philip was just a helper in the church. I see a bunch of helpers in the church that can do signs and wonders. But what we do is, uh, let me help you get to the doctor. How about let me pray for you, and then I'll take you to the doctor and see. Come on. Mix Jesus in your aspirins and everything else. Come on. Pray a prayer of faith over yourself, over your life. And so, so Simon was amazed at the signs and wonders that he saw in Philip's life. I can, I can show videos of people that are doing the mission field, and you'll see signs and wonders. And your jaw will go, wow. And we don't have it here because, you know what? I don't need that. Quit that. Next verse. And then when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. Come on, there were great joy in the city. They burnt their witchcraft stuff. They had great joy. R revival came. They sent Peter and John to them. And then verse 15, and when Peter and John had come, they gave them the right hand of Christian fellowship and said, y'all doing good. Is that what it says? And when Peter and John come, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. The third work. Saved, baptized, and he prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. Man, it's, it's, there's three different things I'm showing you here. And I'm not saying you're a less citizen in the kingdom of God. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you know what? The, 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 the guy on the cross with Jesus, he said, remember me. And Jesus said, because he believed in Jesus. He said, remember me. Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise. I'm not saying, no, you can get saved on a, people can get saved on a deathbed. They can get saved dying. And they'll make it to heaven. But to live this life, we need some help. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And Peter and John came and gave us a third work that he gave them. We're not going to time for day. And Acts 10. Write down Acts 10 in your notes. And this is where I quote Acts 10, 38 all the time. That Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And Peter's preaching Jesus to Cornelius' house. It's just a miracle the way they were led. And he goes down and preaches Jesus. And the people receive Jesus in their heart and in their mind. And they begin to speak in tongues and to prophesy. And Peter goes, well, guys, all the guys who were with him were shocked that the Gentiles got saved. And got the, the Holy Spirit. He goes, we got to baptize these guys. It wasn't quite in the orders way that, that we're showing it, but it doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter. But let's go to Acts 19. One through six. Paul's traveling. This is Luke writing. Luke wrote Acts. Do y'all know that? So, so Luke's writing and he's traveling with Paul and they're on a missionary uh, journey and, and, they, uh, and it happened when Apollos was at Corinth and Paul had passed through the upper regions. They came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Everybody say disciples. Are you a disciple? Yes, you are, Christian. You're a disciple. Finding some disciples. And, and so he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Hmm. You think Paul knew what he's talking about? He, he probably the greatest apostle, wrote over almost half of the New Testament. Huh? He knew what he was talking about, what he was asking. And so he said uh, to them, or they said to him, we have not so much heard whether there be a Holy Spirit. Man, that was, that was the church I grew up in. They didn't tell me that. They, they, they just wanted me to repent every Sunday. Repent every Sunday. And, and, and rededicate. And I'm like, I'm sitting back there. I need to rededicate. I don't even know if I'm saved. I, I, do I have to get saved again? I, I, you know, I wore out my rededicator. I, had, I rededicated every Sunday because, you know, as a teenager, you do some stupid stuff. And, and I'm like, I got to rededicate. Lord, I, I, I need to get right. I, I, I don't have any power to live this life. So I, every Sunday I'm rededicating. And then it comes in what people, they'll want to teach a doctrine. If you sin and you didn't repent, that you're going to hell. Oh, my goodness. Nothing can take you out of the hand of God unless you totally turn and walk away from him and reject him. Nothing can take you out of the hand of God but you. And people who backslide don't reject him. They're just broken and, and fall away. That's the truth. God didn't, God said, God, and guess what? The Holy Spirit's following them. Come on back. Come on back. He's following them around. Come on back. Let me heal your heart. Let me heal you. Let me in. You see, we open our heart and give our lives to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes in, and he wants to heal all things that are broken, even when people break us. Just because somebody rejects you doesn't mean God's rejected you. Come on. God doesn't reject you and no wise cast you out is what the word says. And so we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Spirit. And, and I was in that and I'm like, I was like 20, 20 years, 20 some odd years old. I, I started seeing this and studying this. And I'm like, man, where have I, why didn't they teach me this? Well, it's done away with. But they got it. They have power. And I started gravitating. I want some of that power. I want some of that what they're living. I need that help. Man, and God took me on a journey and started teaching me things and showing me things and having me to believe for things that were out of my realm of reach. But with the power of him on the inside of me, I began to reach those things. And I'm like, don't wake me up. I am living a good life right now. Come on, God, God took me places I never dreamed of going. I'm talking other states and countries and different things that wasn't even in my vocabulary, not necessarily in my mind. But God will open up the world to you and see, see, Jesus is the doorway. If that's the door, it's a whole big world out there with God. Most people have been, I was taught, God wants to, God, don't do this, don't do this, don't do, don't do this. And I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? I can't do that. I don't know how to live. 
Live your life with the power and the life of God. Come on. Preacher, you just preach Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I said, wait, let me get my driver's license first, Jesus. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Wait, let me get married. Let me get married. Let me have some kids. And then, you know, somebody said, Jesus is coming. And I start paying that insurance on all those cars. And I'm like, come on, Jesus. <laughs> come take me out of here. Glory be to God. Mm-mm-mm. So, so uh, let, let's see. He said, we didn't know we'd, that there'd be any Holy Spirit. Let's go to verse 3. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, we were baptized with John, by John the Baptist. And so in verse 4, Jesus starts talking to him, And he said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. Notice that hymn's capital H, and that is Jesus Christ. And so they believed on Jesus. And then uh, Paul said, look in verse 5, and when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And verse 6, and when Paul had laid hands on them. Wait a minute, they got saved and were baptized. The third work is Paul laid hands on them and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And, and, and you know, speaking in tongues and prophesying is not, that's just part of it. Man, this whole life gets, this, this Christianity life gets fun when we start walking in the power. And, and so verse 7, we'll, now that's it. Uh, one more scripture. Actually, about five more, but anyway. Let me show you 1 John 5, 7. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word. How many know the Word is Jesus? John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then the Holy Spirit. These three are one. What do they bear witness to? They bear witness to God, and He's supernatural. He is the supernatural God. They bear witness to him. He's the, they're the three parts to God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Y'all agree with that? Y'all with me on that? All right. So as we look at that, they bear witness to God in heaven. And look at verse 8. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, the water, and the blood, the blood of Jesus. Without the blood of Jesus, there's no remission of sins. Everybody with me on that? That's why we have communion. We're, rem we're reminded that Jesus shed his blood and that you are free and forgiven of your sins. And if you mess up, walk out of here, you, you just get in the blood. When you find you miss it, get in the blood of Jesus. And so these three agree in one. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit agree, but guess what? Salvation, baptism in water, and the Holy Spirit agree. You ever seen that before? Anybody have not seen that before? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So I'm just showing you points where, where we need salvation, water, and the Spirit. So, salvation is a new creation. And water baptism, the old man's cut off. And we walk in the new by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you find that, that your, your, your spiritual life's waning, you need to get hungry for God. You need to get hungry for God. Let me show you one more example. It's, it's all through the Bible. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 and 2, we're going to read verse 1 first. It said, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. Hold it right there. 
Leave that scripture up there. Now, this is Moses taking the children of Israel out of bondage, out of slavery. He brought them out. They're saved. Saved from slavery. Slavery to sin. Bondage. They go through the sea. Water. Water. And they come out on the other side and they have a fire at night in the sky, which is the Holy Spirit, and a cloud by day that the Spirit of God is with them every day. Can y'all see that? They got saved, they got baptized, and then they got the Spirit of God. Look at the next verse. In verse 2, all were baptized in the Moses, in the cloud, and in the sea. Moses was their deliverer. He wasn't Jesus, but he's a type of Jesus. Joseph was a type of Jesus. Old Testament prophets and people that we see are types of Jesus. And look, they were baptized into Moses who represented Jesus. They were baptized in the cloud that represented the Spirit, and they were baptized in the sea. Isn't that pretty neat? So, I have a picture that I drew for y'all. So don't be laughing at my drawing. But they're going to put it up here. This is the temple. This is the temple of God. Notice there's one doorway. Jesus Christ. He is the one door. And the high priest would go in once a year and take the blood of the lamb. And they would go into the holy of holies. Uh, through the holy of holies into the most holy place. The priest would. But what, what did they have to do? This is what they had to do. They went in straight away. That's the altar where they shed the blood of the lamb. Right off. Salvation. The next was a, a, a basin of water where they did the ceremony of washing. Come on, baptism. Come on, water. And then there was a flask of oil where the, the high priest was anointed, which the oil represents the Holy Spirit. And they were anointed. They had to do all these three before they could enter into the holy place or to the Holy of Holies. If you remember when John the Baptist's daddy went into that, you know they had a rope tied to his ankle? Because if he messed up in the Holy of Holies, it killed him and they had to pull him out with a rope. But he had to do all these three things. Man, it cries out that we need to be saved, we need to be baptized, and, and we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Because this, this is what we need, especially in these last days. The Bible says, and I see people falling away, and I'm talking preachers. And the Bible says, we'll see that in the last days. You'll see the very elect of God. If Jesus doesn't come, the very elect of God will be under such pressure that they could fall away. Man, pressure's coming. But we're going to stay in Jesus, and we're going to have the peace and the joy of God. Even in the midst of the trials and the trouble. And the, and, but see, preachers can take their eyes off Jesus. Don't put me on a pedestal. I'm, I have to walk this out just like everybody else. I'm preaching to me. I need more of Jesus. I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need the power of God. Come on, Pastor Brett. And I preach this. Every sermon I preach is to me. Because I am not, but, oh, you're special. No, I'm not. I'm just as special as you are. We're all special. Because we have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen, amen. So, we want a victorious life. Will you stand to your feet? If you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the first uh, thing I want to ask you is, will you accept him? He wants you born again. The reason that Jesus came is for you. He came for you to be saved. 
for you to receive him, his life, the salvation that, that he went to the cross and paid for. Will you accept him? So look at your heart right now. Just close your eyes and look at your heart. Are you a child of God? Are you sure you're a child of God? Do you know that you're a child of God? If that's you and you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you lift your hand? Just lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brett. Good. That means everybody's saved because that's where we're going. Jesus commanded us to be baptized with water. If you haven't been baptized, come on, get with me. We'll fill the tank. We'll go to the creek. We'll go to the river. We can go anywhere. There's some ponds and everything else I know of. We can baptize you. But the third one is, you what? We need power. We need the power of God. We need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Well, I, I did when I was 15, Pastor. Well, well, you know, if you go back to Acts 8, the, the, the guy, the sorcerer, saw the power of God was given. They saw that people were overwhelmed with the power of God. Man, I cry out for that again. I, I ain't got time to tell my testimony, but I, I, I was overwhelmed with the power of God when I got filled with His Spirit. But what I'm asking for some of you to start considering this journey with God. So I want to lead you in a prayer. Would you hold your hands out and look at me? Hold your hands out like you're going to get this gift. Remember we started off, this is a gift. And to receive a gift, you got to reach out and grab it. And reach out and grab it and say, I, I, I want this gift. And, and so I'm just going to pray a prayer over you. And, and I want you to take these scriptures and study them. And I want you to ask God to reveal this, this word to you. And if you want uh, an experience with God, contact me. Greet with the prayer team over here and let them pray for you and lay hands on you. And you'll be overwhelmed and you'll sense the power of God. But let me pray. Father, I thank you that you've given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Every promise in your word, the blood of Jesus was shed for us. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost for all of your believers, all of your family, all of your children. Holy Spirit, rest. Rest on all these people today. Stir in them. Rise in them. Give them that overwhelming knowing that they are a child of God. Let them sense the power of God today. Father, fill them with overflowing that they'll prophesy, that they'll speak with tongues. Not only that, but Father, that they'll they'll begin to flow and hear your voice like never before. Father, it's our desire to hear your voice for protection, for life, for encouragement, for strength, for power, to be a witness and a light to our families, to our friends, the people we work with, and even other believers in this room. Pour out on us, Holy Spirit. Stir in us. And we give you the glory for it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen.